Hello, Mark. Hey, Matt. <laughs> What's good, man? <laughs> I'm just buried in boxes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Do you need help? Do, do I need to call someone? <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, my, my, uh, my new apartment looks like a big game of Jenga. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Now I know why they say that moving is one of the big three stressors in life. Yeah, man, it's crazy. It, it, I, like the top three are like public speaking, starting a new job, and moving, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I thought it, I thought it was divorce, death, and oh, moving. Okay, but like those are like stressors. Like I mean, public mm-hmm. speaking is definitely fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how is the move going? Like you're in your new you're in your new space. So yeah, exactly. So this might sound a little bit more echoey because mm. my office is the walls are blank. That uh, you sound fine. But uh, yeah, I mean, the move itself, like the movers were awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of the hottest days. Like I, oh I, I was amazed. Like, like they only took like two water breaks. To, like, <laughs> yeah, they, like, do, they don't fuck around. Like it, it, same with my, uh, the, any movers I've ever had. They're always like on the ball. Yeah. Yeah. They were constantly moving and they do stuff I didn't know. Like, the, you know, don't disassemble your bed and reassemble it. Oh, whoa. Damn. You got the premium movers. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you pay per hour, right? So. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, I'll take your bed apart. If you yeah. Want. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So yeah, that the movie itself, like, uh, awesome. but now it's just the, the finding stuff and. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. The unpacking, the trying to figure out where stuff should go now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's been pretty much my week. It's been okay. packing and then unpacking. Right. Okay. But and. Uh, yeah, power importer support is is um, is up again. Like it's uh, okay. So I mean, that's that's the minimum I've been doing is like taking care of all support. Uh, but otherwise, I haven't had much time to to do coding or. Speaking of power importer support, I saw a, a, a cool tweet showed up in my timeline the other day, and it was. I guess I saw it because you were like the power importer account is mentioned and I follow it, but she was like, I want to shout out companies with awesome support and like right. power importer was, was there. I was like, fuck yeah, you're goddamn right. Awesome. Yeah, support. Like, that, felt, that felt great. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. Cause I, and, and right away when I saw the tweet, I said, oh yeah. Like I, I just spoke with her like two days ago. Nice. It's like, yes, I did it right. Yeah, man. <laughs> That should just be your landing page, like just that tweet. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah, like those little chat widgets, you know, that we click and it opens up. Mm-hmm. When it opens up, they should have that testimonial. Like, <laughs> that would be, that'd be dope. Well, I mean, I don't know if that's like, let's set your expectations way up here. <laughs> so even if you have the, a ridiculous request, there's a chance that, it, that, I, that I'm not going to do it. You're like, what? Right. This is bullshit. This is bullshit. This Olivia lied. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it might set the tone. Like, oh, okay, I'm about mm-hmm. to have a nice experience. Right. I should A-B test it. <laughs> <laughs> do it up. No, I don't think I will ever have a chat widget. Yeah, that sounds like pure hell to me. <clears throat> um, yep. Or, I mean, yeah, I think the only time I would ever even think about having a chat widget is if what I was doing was so profitable that having a chat widget was legit worth it. Because like, and, 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 you know, you, it's something you could delegate. Yeah, exactly. Because, oh man, I can't imagine like, well, I can barely handle like when I was working a full-time job, having Slack on my phone, like I can't do that shit. Like right. it's just, you have a heart attack every time like a build fails or something. You're like, oh God. Yeah. One of my failed businesses was a partnership with, with three other guys mm-hmm. and we had installed the chat widget, but I, I didn't mend it though. It was okay. one of the sales guys. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it it just it happens so often. Like someone asks a question and he was unavailable, and you know answers it maybe an hour later, and then mm-hmm. like it's just dead in the water. The conversation is is dead. Like yeah, sure, an email is sent, but we never got a response. And yeah, it's just heartache. It's just like yeah. how can I give myself a heart attack for no reason and no benefit? <laughs> right. And and you know the chat widget was on the public page so you didn't even have to be logged in to like so you just get random questions like and you have no way of answering them if if they're no longer you don't even know if they're still on the page or not like, mm-hmm. oh no it seemed like a knife I, I guess like i don't know i mean i've heard a lot of like chat bots as well like oh i'm interacting with a 
with a chat widget. And it's like, this is such a shitty thing to have on your site that, uh, that uh, like I have to either hire people in a low cost locale or I have to work with a bot and like the bots, the, I mean, I, there's so many subreddits of these. (laughs) You can just go in and it's like, are you a human? Oh, I'm totally a human. Absolutely. What's your favorite color? I'm sorry. I don't understand your question. (laughs) That is a complicated question. Mm. <laughs> Did you ever play around with Turing tests? Oh, absolutely, yeah. When I was yeah. in school, they introduced the idea of like passing the Turing test and like some of the funny things that people tried to do to get around it. And I, there was one example that they used, I can't remember this thing, but it would you would like type in your name and you could ask it a question and it would just give you garbage back or not garbage but like it sounded like you were talking to a crazy person (laughs) right but but like it had a bit of um it had a bit of success to it because like people ask the question like oh well which one is the robot and you're like well this one is insane so i I don't know (laughs) i'm not quite sure if it's a person like yeah so it was so it, it was like an interesting camouflage, I guess. Like it wasn't perfect, but yeah, it was a yeah, it was exactly an, an interesting that's, fork. That's my experience. Also, it's like you either it has to act really dumb to to pull it off or crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, it's like just simple, like short answers, like yes, no, and mm-hmm. oh wait, wait, I, uh, I don't understand, or <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, oh, be right back and change the subject. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's smart. Right. But no, it's, uh, so yeah, it's, it's obvious immediately when you, one of those chat widget opens up and it's a bot. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, you're not fooling anyone. Yeah. Or if you are fooling anyone, those people don't pass the Turing test. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it, it would be interesting if those chat widgets, well, I, and like, I say this having interacted with very few of them, like, there was um there was a tool that I used to use at a prior previous company. It was a bit like Hotjar, and one of the things metrics it would give you is like frustration. It would give you like a user frustration score. So like if the page was loading slowly or something, it's like, do you ever just get on a slow loading page and then you're like, ah, you like jerk your mouse back and forth. I think they measure things like that. So they're like, oh, like they're clicking a lot. They're moving their mouse a lot. Like clearly they're enraged. So there's like a frustration (laughs) score. And it'd be kind of interesting if you could get a live read on the frustration and then be like, oh, I'm going to present something to you on the page to quell you. Or I don't know, like I I probably, you probably don't want to interact with the user when they're like super frustrated unless you you know why they are and you can like put that fire out. But it'd be pretty interesting if you could be like, oh, they're frustrated, like do a thing that takes action. Like maybe you want to give them a coupon code. I I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's true. I've I've thought of that where when they're setting up, like in Power Reporter, we're just setting up the workflow. Mm -hmm. There are some errors that I know happen. Mm -hmm. Like you're trying to, trying to map the wrong type of field to another field. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and I usually like return, you know, a warning telling you you can't do that. Right. And, but that might be the moment where uh, the chat bot could appear if, mm-hmm. if it knows that I'm available. Yeah. Like it might be, that's the moment where they drop out and say, oh, I, I can't figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit like, um, I know video games do that. Like when you get stuck in an open yeah. area and you need to, it, the game <laughs> needs to funnel you to the next area. It's like, oh, a compass will pop up, but it's like, you need to go over here. Right. Exactly. That's it. Like that, I've considered doing it. It mm. might, it might work, but anyways. There was a company that we uh, that that uh, again, and when I was at a previous company, we uh, used called WalkMe, and WalkMe basically was like um, it would do walkthroughs, like product walkthroughs. So you would insert some JavaScript onto your page, and you could, in a separate UI, you could build like, oh, it dims the page and it draws your attention to a button or that kind of thing. So you could like. For tutorials, new users, that sort of thing, you could walk, be walked through the UI. Um, I was thinking like, oh, that basically sounds like a crutch for having shit UX. <laughs> <laughs> but if you adapted it to something like this, where it's like, oh, no, there's like a very specific thing that's happening, I could. that seems like, oh, a little more reachable or, yeah, a little more attainable, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, it could be as simple as like a little pop-up says, need help, and then mm-hmm. it has like a detailed... Walk Absolutely. through of how to use the tool. 
Absolutely. Yeah, because you don't want to overwhelm a user of like, you're about to map a field. Here's three knowledge base articles, two YouTube videos, yeah, exactly. and a chat widget. You're like, Jesus Christ, what am I in for here? Yeah. And I mean, the vast majority of my of signups like successfully set up their workflow, like, mm-hmm. you know, in the same session. So I don't want to get in their way. Like, you know, you guys, you guys have figured it out. Like, good for you. Like, <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. want to annoy you. It's the people that, that are, they can't figure it out. They don't understand. Mm-hmm. That's when I would like to pop up and say, Hey, do you need help? Or here's mm-hmm. a tutorial. And, totally. Yeah. So how was your week? Yeah. My week was good. Um, uh, so I didn't get any interviews this week. Um, sadly, I was a little too busy, but, um, I just want to shout him out. Joel, I see you on Twitter. I see you. <laughs> Cheers, dude. Appreciate it. I, uh, he, he's been, he's flagged me a couple times now to, uh, for people to reach out to. So, um, I'm going to, he tagged me in a, in a thread. So I'm going to reach out to that person after this. Cool. Um, so thanks, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so no interviews this week, um, to, to chat through, but other than that, um, I actually have some like work that's going to be made public or is public, which is pretty cool. So first of all, um, we released so on the NFT project that I've been working on, Swoops. Uh, the we shipped our contracts to Mainnet to ETH Mainnet, okay. so they're out there, they're in the wild. They're I mean they're not usable yet. We need to like enable sales, um, but we push them to production. So like immutable contracts that I wrote now exist on ETH Mainnet somewhere. Um, which is a really cool milestone. Um, yeah, I'm going to, uh, um, I'm going to get the transactions cause you can view the transactions of publishing the, the contracts to production. Uh, I'm going to get them printed and framed and I'm going to, or something, I'm going to do something with them. Um, uh, and I'm going to give it to the founder of just like, I think this is, uh, I think this is cool. Like it's, I don't know. It's, 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 it's so novel and so neat. I, uh, it's a cool win to celebrate. So, um, yeah, so leading up to that, um, I kind of mentioned before that we went, we decided to engage some auditors to audit our code and give us some best practices and stuff. So um, the audit was useful, but I don't know that it was worth the money. Um, it was about 20K USD. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I like having another pair of eyes. That's great uh, on my code. You know, it's good to have code review. Um, and most of what they said they gave us some best practices that are like of dubious value, but like, I don't know. They, they're val- like, the problem is when you anchor everything to 20 K, like what's actually that valuable? Like, is this worth 20 K? Is this one small thing worth 20 K? Right. Um, so, uh, but I mean, you know, now I know the best practices, so we'll do it that way going forward. Um, but yeah, we went through the audit and it was really cool to get back the results and be like, oh, yeah, like everything we flag is very minor, very minor, nice. um, which is great because it just like reinvigorates the fact that like, oh, yeah, I um, I, I learned this thing from scratch. Uh, I talked to the right people. I did the research. I figured it all out. And it looks great. And yeah, the the, the experts agree. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's it's really neat. It's really neat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You should totally be proud of that. Yeah. So the, something completely new from scratch. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a nice reminder that like I can do it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like that programming is not memorizing some syntax. No. It's something much more higher level. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's best practices. It's understanding the underlying tech and how it works and the way people will use it and engage with it. Like, yeah. So yeah, it was uh, very cool. So the nice thing is that the... Um, in like in transparency, the auditing firm, if you want, will release the um, the results of the audit um, okay. and host them on their site. So the audit is like publicly available; you can see it, which is pretty cool. Does it have your name on it? Uh, I don't <laughs> think that it does. I think it's just the organization. Right. <laughs> Matt um, did an awesome job. Here's yeah. five stickers. <laughs> yeah, Matt, Matt gets a strawberry scratch and sniff sticker. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's super cool to see my, to see my work up there. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a real hit of adrenaline on, uh, I think it was Monday morning or Tuesday morning. The, the auditors were like, yep, we're all good. And we were like, great, put it live. Let's go. And then we released the contract yesterday. So that was, uh, yeah, it's, there's been so many like cool milestones this week. Uh, on top of that, um, 
we've also the uh, the NFT project has also been asking me to put out um, to write some blog posts and tweet storms about the work that we've done. So I've been writing uh, two main blog posts. One is about like the tools that we used. So you know what tools do we use? Why did we pick them? Descriptions of the projects, links to the project, that kind of thing. That one was pretty straightforward. And then the other one is like how do our contracts work? And that one's a little harder because like what we're doing. Like NFTs are actually very simple. Like they're a great learning. Writing it all from scratch is awesome because you learn so much. But in the like, you know, when you think about like, oh, the elite level solidity people, like they're not going to find this interesting. Like, <laughs> like it's maybe they're interested in some best that we're following best practices, but they're like, yeah, separation of concerns. There was two contracts. It's fine, but it's still a good learning lesson of like, there's some things you need. Like, you know. I think the topic of dealing with immutable things, like not being able to redeploy things, is an interesting topic nonetheless. Right. So I tried to structure the article more around like really think about – you have to have a lot of vision for am I building something that's extendable and am I am I valuing separation of concerns appropriately? So like if there is a piece that can't be swapped out, can I swap the infrastructure out around it? And then there's this whole like upgradable thing that you can do that's like pretty complex. Um and you probably don't want to do if you can avoid it. So yeah, like trying to figure out the decisions you make. So I'm uh, I finished that writing that one yesterday. I have no idea if it's good. Like I just like I I just like these are V zero drafts. I have no idea how it's gonna go. Like looking for feedback, <laughs> RFC on these things. Like I don't know. So, so like how does it work? You you just wrote the first draft and sent it to them. And then yeah yeah. So we'll ask you for revisions. Yeah, so I uh, so I have a the partner that I have who's been helping me like build all the smart contracts and test them and everything. He uh, he'll he's reviewing them as well, so he's giving me feedback there. And then I'm handing my iterations over to the CEO, the marketing people, just for like, do you enjoy reading this? Is like I don't know, like what am I giving you what you're looking for? Right. And if they have revisions. Um, I mean, I'm not a writer, so they're like, "Oh, they're your pr-. like." If they say something like, "Your prose isn't beautiful enough," then I'll be like, "I don't know what to tell you, man." <laughs> but uh, but I, I assume that's not what they're looking for. Like, you know, is it readable? Is it do I like? Am I using under the limit of curse words that I can use? Is it yeah? Is it the right tone? Um, yeah. So yeah. So we'll see. I haven't I haven't received any formal feedback yet on them. So okay. Guess we'll see. Yeah. So is this like the the first time you do content? Oh yeah, th- certainly the first time I've been paid to do it. That's for sure. Okay. Oh, and like in general, how how did it go? Like, were you were you productive? Like, um, I mean, so the the on um, which tools did we use? I was way more productive because I was using all those tools every day. So right. it's like, oh yeah, for sure, I can tell you exactly what this tool does and why it why it's good. I had to go back and do a little bit of research of to, let, uh, to say things like, because we were trying to move as quickly as possible. So we picked one technology and it wasn't about, is it the best technology, whatever. It's like, no, does it get us off to the races faster? Good. That's the one that we're using. Um, so, you know, if people are like, oh, but why you use tech A, but why do you use tech B? And you're like, well, I didn't know about it or I didn't care. Like it wasn't important. So um, the tone of the article is really like, we picked this tool and it worked, it worked well and it worked well for these reasons. Like really not trying to do like apples to, uh, apples to apples comparison. Okay. Well, that's that's good because that's that's definitely a transferable skill for Yeah. You know, well, I, I was actually considering like how much – well, I was thinking like how much work do I want to put into these or how like, you know, quote unquote, how good should they be? Because I was thinking like I could engage with an editor or somebody to like really review my work. Right. And this could be a, you know, not very expensive and a legitimate business expense to be like, you know, how, how hard do we want to go on this? Because I have a relationship with someone who hires freelance writers. And I was like, man, maybe I could get, I could figure out how to like get in touch with them. Maybe he could loop me in and I could get in touch with them and have them review my work. Um, which, you know, I mean, depending on the content, um, the timeline that they have in mind for content, maybe that's still possible. But at least right now, I'm like, I need to, I need like a day away from it. <laughs> Writing is hard, man. Yeah, that's my experience. So I've, one of my first businesses, I tried to write a few articles for SEO purposes. Mm-hmm. I'm such a perfectionist. Like it was, it was so painful. Mm-hmm. Like I go back to it like five days in a row. Like, yeah, change this, rewrite this whole section. Yeah. And in the end, I, w- I just 
click publish because I was just fed up and <laughs> not because I felt it was good or, or finished. It was right. just like, I have to move on to other things. Publish. Yeah. It's a good question. Like, as I definitely find myself doing that, like every time I add a few paragraphs or whatever, I'll start from the beginning and go back and reread it. And I don't have a good definition of done for when something is written. Like, right. does it like, am I, I don't know, like, should it shine in a certain way? Like what, like what is, what is done really? Um, which is tricky. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't have a good sense of. I mean, even now that I say like, what is the definition of done of an article? It's like pff, I don't know. Yeah. So I mean, it's been an adventure. I haven't done a lot of long form writing like this since I wrote this back article. So it's nice to, and it's cool to talk about my experience too, because it's cool to just be like, it's not that it's not that there is one answer to any of this. It's just this is my experience, and these are the opinions that I have. So, um, yeah. So and uh, so and then of course, so I. I write a blog post and then I take that and I convert it into something tweetable. So okay. a thread or, you know, I mean, depending on what the, um, on the article is. So like, for example, the tools, I turned each tool into a tweet for the longer or for the, how do our contracts work article? Um, that one's going to be a little trickier. Well, at least the, the tweet storm will be shorter. That's for sure. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So I've been using, um, typefully for the tweets because oh, i yeah. see it everywhere and i'm like yeah, oh, right. i mean like maybe i can is there like a free aspect to this that i can use so i've been throwing everything into typefully and it's a pretty nice tool um yeah they are using there's a uh, like a team collab feature that they have that you can pay 50 bucks for and i'm very much considering just doing that so that i can i, I just don't know if it supports comments or I, I don't know how um i'm not sure what kind of collaboration they have so yeah, uh, my the way I consume most of my Twitter these days is with uh, TweetDeck. Okay, right. So it's it's a free tool that Twitter bought, so it, it's part of Twitter now. Oh, I didn't you know just, they bought it. Yeah, more like years ago. Okay, uh, so you have these different columns that you can define, mm-hmm. and and one neat feature they have is you can f- you can add these global filters, so like you know mute these keywords, mm-hmm. or, but you can also mute an app. So you could say mute buffer. Oh. And yeah, like I've I've muted all of them except oh. typefully. Okay. Yeah, because I, I feel like the people who use typefully, it really is it's just a question of, well, I don't know. Like I, I, I feel like the content I've seen of people using typefully is not so spammy. Yeah, I, I would, I think the founders, the, the initial need was how do you draft threads? Exactly. And if you're drafting a thread, it's, it's thoughtful. Like what you're, at least my experience so far has been that it's thoughtful. So it's like, it's not just like, would y'all have for lunch today? Like, or whatever, hashtag something, um, you know, it tends to be more thoughtful. So even if it is scheduled, it's like, yeah, but it's still decent content. Right. Yeah. That's it. That's the, the, one of the the only ones that I didn't, because the other ones I've seen is like the tools are there to, to help you come up with ideas. Mm -hmm. So basically, you know, you're just trying to generate as many tweets as possible. Like, yeah. that's the kind of people it attracts. And sure. most of the time, it's garbage. Mm-hmm. Or, or the worst is like these these tweets that are trying to get you to engage. Like, yeah. like a question. Hey, good morning. Like, what, what are your plans for this week? Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, like, they're not even, they're not even available. So like, <laughs> people answer and it's like four hours later before the author actually like, jumps on the thread and exactly sounds great yeah like, exactly I, I it's know. like yeah like i don't want to <laughs> yeah. i don't want to engage in that mm-hmm. yeah so that's been that's been fun to try out a tool that i've seen a lot of in the in the uh just in my circles um yeah i i actually so like the the guy so uh fabrizio who i like i was aware of he made a really interesting app i used for a long time called uh lo-fi cafe and you can just like tune into a lo-fi radio station and it just like, well, radio station, like it just streams a lo-fi beat to you right. for forever. Um, I used that for a while. So I started following him. And then at some point him and his other, um, he hasn't, he's a designer, I think. And he has a technical uh, and another, he has a technical co-founder and they built uh typefully together, but it's been exploding. Okay. So interesting tool. So yeah, that's been, that's been fun. It's been nice to stretch, stretch a muscle that I haven't really stretched much of. 
Yeah, it's like I've been throwing all my bones into audio and learning how to be better at podcasting <laughs> than I have at writing. Well, this is perfect because I was going to ask you if you could write some tweet threads after. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> for the low, low price of 150 USD, you too can have Matt write your tweets. <laughs> So yeah, so I don't have, uh, so that's pretty much it for me. I've got some, I've got one idea that I was going to talk with you about just kind of randomly, but do you have, cool. do you have anything else to talk about other than unpacking? No, I mean, I, I, I do, but uh, I'm more interested in hearing about your idea. Yeah, sure. Okay. So um, idea, so, okay, there is a company in my like immediate network. So I, I know the founders um, and the company's called Plotly. And they build so that the product has has changed quite a lot. Okay, so actually, let me let me back off. So the idea I, I was thinking about is professional services for product led companies that are too small or they don't want to have a professional services team. So my case okay. study for this what, specifically. Go ahead. Sorry, back up. <laughs> yeah. What's a professional service? Oh yeah, like. Um, you build a product and somebody wants to use your product but needs to build an integration or needs you to build the integration or needs the product company to build the integration or maybe they have some technology and they're like, we want to use your technology, but we don't have expertise in it. Can okay. we hire? Do you have a professional service division that we can engage with to, um, yeah, to, uh, can we hire you basically? Can we hire the, cre the, the people who made the product company to, um, Right, like in, yeah, integrators or... In integrators or even just like, you know, it's very common for some of these product companies to have professional services divisions, like like Shopify does, for example. They have a Shopify Pro where you get like professional services people from Shopify to like make changes to the product or a product on your behalf. Okay. Um, now, I'm not a huge fan of... Well, like, I don't know that professional services is necess necessary. Well, okay. One of the things I've been thinking about, because I've I've been doing professional services for a while, freelancing now, and I think like one of the big problems I have with professional services, or at least one of my perceived weaknesses, is I'm a developer. I'm a really good developer. But that doesn't seem to matter in the marketplace. There's so many companies doing this. So it seems to me like these businesses, the problem is either distribution or competitive advantage. Like, what is it that you bring to the table that make, pe make people say yes to you without competing on price? Because um, you can always go hire some a team in, in a cheap locale and, you know, quote unquote, get a deal. But who knows what you get? Is it good software? Is it not good software? Do you care if it's good software? I mean, as long as it does the job, does it matter? Um, so, but the I was thinking about a specific case of uh, this company I know, Plotly. And they built, uh, they're an open source product, and they built visualization software, uh, really hot visualiz visualization software. It was very popular for a long time. Um, and their viz, their viz was around uh, for the language R and as Python as well. And they started to get picked up in the machine learning community because all of their graphs were all interactable. Um, so you could build a graph and then like mouse over it, etc. And that was great. Um, but the interesting thing about that company is that they they didn't want to have a professional services division. They just like weren't interested at all. So they would get companies that would adopt their framework and would say to them like, "Hey, um, we wanna we want to adopt you, but can we hire you to come and build some of this stuff for us?" And they'd be like, "Oh no, you you can't. Like we we wow. offer like training. I, they, yeah, they would do like some kind of training, but." they wouldn't do any professional services. And it's interesting because it's like, why not? Like, that's such a right. good, like, first of all, it's dog food. You can dog food your own product, which is fantastic. And you get to charge a, a mint, like, <laughs> to to do this work. Um, and they never had a, like, recognized partner program or anything like that. So if I could go back in time, knowing what I know now, I would be like, hell yeah, like, I want to be, an exclusive partner for you and I want to be I want to specialize in Plotly and you act as my distribution network people come to you I'll cut you in at some somehow keep sending me clients and I'll do the work and especially like Plotly is a is a really unique example because it's a very it, it operates in such a niche 
And it's like, oh yeah, this would be great. Like, how can we, how can we operate in, how can we double down on this niche? Like not that many people are using R um, or at least that need, um, I should say like for this particular use case, like visualizations and stuff is a big part of data science. Um, but like having like a product that's leaps and bounds ahead of everything else and like not doing professional services just seems so silly. But yeah, like I guess for me, what attracts me to this particular thing is the distribution aspect. Because like popping up and saying, all right, there's this new and upcoming framework or technology and being like, we specialize in this. This is all we do. And like putting up tons of content around it and finding developers that only want to work in and around that technology and then, yeah, acting as professional services for it. Okay. So, okay. So you would offer a company like this that I will be your professional service. So I will find people and get them certified like have some kind of certification system. I don't even know that you need to go all the way to certification. It's just like you have people, your your customers are coming to you saying that there's things that they want. Um, and it probably was extra unique because it was open source. So like anyone could make a pull request against their repo being like, all right, I will do implementation for you. I just send your, send your customers who are looking for help to me and I'll, we'll implement on their side. We'll take care of it. Right, yeah. So yeah, I guess you don't need, doesn't have to be a certified one, but yeah, you just need to be sure. recognized by the by in this case Plotly as the oh they're like a they're a partner we have like you they, they you just need Plotly to you need the 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 product to acknowledge the partnership or that that we're trusted right or if it's white labeled they just pretend that it's them sure oh yeah you want you want us to find you a professional sure yep okay yeah that's interesting yeah because yeah, I mean, uh, yeah good I'm thinking of like power importer like. I do have one one webflow developer that that I'm buddies with that mm-hmm. uh I do send people his way when mm-hmm. when they need help with the integration. Yep. They're like, Oh yeah, you know, could you just set it up for me? Or mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> or sure. we also need integration with this other tool also, mm-hmm. like and so then I just send them his way. Yep. But I could see how I mean I I don't know how many people will actually do hire him or mm-hmm. Well, it's nice. I'm sure it's nice for you to be able to be like, you know, I can't help you or I'm too busy, but I have an answer for your problem. And your answer is over here and you can engage with this, with him and he'll take care of your problems for you. And I, and you know that he's capable. So it's like, great. Like he's over there. Um, That's that's not bad. Cause I just have one person, Mm -hmm. but yeah. How would it work with like a professional service division? Like I, I send them to a marketplace that has a list of professionals and then they have to reach out? Oh, I wouldn't even do this as a marketplace. I would say like, for example, you know, using Plotly again, I would approach them and say, you don't have a professional services division. Refer your people. I I am an expert at Plotly. Look at all the things that I've built and I'm capable of building. Refer people to me. Like people come to you and they're like, and they're, they, I mean, it's a little bit of inside baseball to say like, oh, I know that they're turning people away, but I mean, if they're having any mo- uh, momentum in sales, and especially with a software product like this, people are going to be asking them for professional services work. Like this is how, I mean, e- like it could be technology, it could be products too. Like we see it with Shopify, a company I used to work for, AppDirect did the same thing. We had a big professional services division and companies would say, I want this feature and we would statement of work and assign a bunch of developers to build that out. Um, so you know, like any, any, any company is being engaged. I like, you know, I'll, I, a broad generalization, any company that offers a product or technology to clients is likely being hit up for some kind of professional services work, whether they say, no, we don't want it. We don't, we don't change our product for individual clients or they, they do, and they have their own professional services division. Um, I mean, it's up to the company, but I bet you there's a lot of companies specifically like uh, that aren't pr- like I, I don't know how to I don't know how to like classify this, but like Plotly because it was an open source library, um, you could actually do like I could have reasonably done implementation for them. Um, can I change the product? I can. They own the repo, so they get decide they get to decide what changes need to be made. But I guess I could fork it or whatever. But um, but the reality is that like there is their core product doesn't need to change in order for me to do implementation. Right. So like I can operate totally outside of, of them unless they want to buy me. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But 
Okay, like I I understand if, if like if you reached out to plot lead, say yeah, I'll take care of mm-hmm. like just send people my way and I'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. But what if they know that you like they have way too much demand for what what you can supply? Like then yeah. you're gonna be you're gonna be delegating to other people, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Like this is I, I don't like I mean unless I was really interested in doing R or a, another specific language to make a living that way you would need to delegate it. Like you would need, you know, it's a, it's an agency. Um, okay. So you see it as an agency. Oh, definitely. Marketplace. Yeah, definitely. This is not like a SaaS solution. This is an agency for sure. Um, yeah. It's just like the allure of having distribution, you know, quote unquote handled for you in a lot of ways, because the company that builds the thing is referring people to you is really powerful or to me, it seems very powerful. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, yeah. It, there's definitely agencies out there that do this. Right? Mm-hmm. For I mean, the, I think the way Webflow does it is they don't they don't offer like a professional service. Mm-hmm. They have a marketplace of certified experts. Exactly. Yeah. So most likely, when someone asks, they just send them that, to that page. Yeah. There you go. Like these are so they run the certification program. Yeah. And then they add people to their directory, and mm-hmm. it's hands off after that. Exactly. So for like a new company or a company that's looking to pick up steam, I could totally see something like this of like, yeah, keeping your eyes open for new and fast growing companies and be like, awesome. Uh, you put out this library, whatever I will do own. I will dedicate myself to you when people ask you for help, send them my way. And I mean, you're always at the whim of, I mean, there's a ton of platform risk because as soon as the company decides that they want to start handling professional services, that they're like, okay, well, no more Matt, but maybe it's, <laughs> you know, make hay while the sun shines. Um, but it also depends, right? Like I, I plotly, I keep coming back to it because like they're, they're a notable example in my mind that they just choke, they like, I think they do professional services now, but it's been years and years and years that they, that they didn't. Um, and you, I'm, I'm sure it would have been easier for them to be like, okay, forget trying to open up a professional services division. Like, let's just buy this company or let's figure out how to like they, you know, they're venture funded. Like I'm sure they've got deep pockets, like fuck, just hire these people who already know our, they know how to use our frameworks and libraries super well, like roll with it. Okay. So you're like, you're suggesting this as a, as an, as a business idea for anyone who's looking for. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's an easy, easy model, but you have to find a small, service company or product company yeah. that does not have professional services and are turning down. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, an, so an interesting question I would have for you is let's say that this was your mission. You're like, I want to start an agency around this. Um, how would you start looking for companies to begin targeting? Yeah. I have. Wow. So right off the bat, I'm thinking the nice thing about Y Combinator is these people are very, public about raising money about um i don't say building in public but making a splash so it's like great okay make a splash and we'll see about so i guess like that gives you a filter first of like who's growing and then to be able to say all right i'm looking specifically for products that match kind of a, a given template your you have a library i mean especially if you're open source that's very interesting um but yeah, I guess it would be like something like a library seems the cleanest because yeah, you don't need to necessarily be a, well, I guess like maybe anybody who builds themselves as a platform that you could build a layer in front of. Like, I'm, I mean, it, maybe it's getting a little out there, but if you could build like a middleware between somebody who wants to call Matsoft and it's like, all right, great. I have access to APIs and I'll do all the implementation for you. I mean, I'm thinking about this from a backend perspective. But yeah, like building a, a server that simplifies all the calls or maybe even has special state or understands the end product in a special way. Um, and, you know, it's a little hard in that case because you would need like, you know, the product can change. The, um, the underlying like for, uh, platform can change, but maybe it doesn't. Or maybe it's a database that you build on top of. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm grasping at straws a little bit. but Yeah, I mean, I think that's different. I mean, you could almost argue that that's what Power Importer is. Webflow yes. off, offers an API. Mm-hmm. You you could do it all yourself, but uh, yeah, absolutely. And Airtable provides an API, but Power Importer just 
provides you a solution that uses both APIs and you don't have to do any coding. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. But I, I like your idea of like going to a source like Y Combinator. You see, all right, from the spring session, like mm. what are all the businesses? For, and for sure, none of them have professional services. No. So you can just go through the list and mm. every single one, oh, this one could be a candidate. Yeah. And then do some cold outreach. And they're trying to do, they're just trying to grow. They're like, whatever, like it, it would be interesting to see their decks to be like, what what's the growth metric that you're after? Like, are you looking for more users? Are you looking for adoption? Because if it's adoption, then you're like, oh, that's interesting. Um those are companies that would be more like likely, or I would see as more likely to to be amenable to something like this. Yeah, because if they just care about revenue, for sure they're going to try to do the professional services they themselves are. as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's most likely how you're going to make. If especially if you you have an open source business, mm-hmm. it seems like that's the one of the main ways of making money from an open source project. You'd be surprised. I mean, maybe they have <laughs> other. Maybe they have other um, offerings like, because I know like Polly, for example, has like an enterprise offering where they do some kind of hosting or something for you. I'm not really sure. But the actual implementation aspect is they're like, no. That is that is so weird. But like, I think it's not uncommon. Like, really? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, I guess. So, yeah, it's yeah. like, how do we use? So uh, the way I'm thinking about it is how do we use this company as a template and find more companies like it? Because I love the idea of turnkey, of just being like, yeah, you you can have turnkey professional services for your thing. Like you you need good developers. Good developers are hard to find. They're expensive. You want people who can just do implementation for your thing, maybe even give you feedback on the product. It seems like the value is in finding these opportunities. Mm. Like if you could find these opportunities and, you know, contact them and get the agreement, Mm. then then you could sell that, I think. <laughs> it's like, listen, this is the, you know, the professional services for product X. And, mm-hmm. you know, here you're buying this little mini monopoly. Yeah. And as the product X grows, your business is going to grow. And- yeah. The risks are very clear. Yeah. One day they you might have- choose to, to become a token yeah. own professional services. But, but at the same time, you have zero marketing to do. Yep. You just have to maintain the team. Mm-hmm. and grow the team. Yeah. Because, yeah, the, the thing that appealed to me with this is distribution. Because, like, I don't know, to me, it, it you know, it kind of solves that undifferentiable, undifferentiable product. <laughs> like, because there's a million dev agencies. How do you how do you prove that you're superior or better at solving yeah. this particular problem? It's like, yeah, have, exactly. Have the technology people endorse you <laughs> or the, the, yeah, the, 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 I don't know the right words to use, but endorsement. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. Like if I'm trying to set up a Shopify site and then I'm going to Google for like a Shopify developer agency mm-hmm. and there's going to be a million results. Yeah. But if instead, like when I sign up for Shopify, they just, one of the emails in their drip campaign is, do you want to hire a professional? Here's a link. Check out Matt. Matt's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is definitely not the kind of business I would want to run. Yeah. But I, yeah. But I like the idea of like, Finding the opportunity, setting it up, mm. and then flipping it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, managing developers is hard. It's certainly a thing. But it is interesting to think like, yeah, I don't know, finding people who are really interested in R or Python visualization and just being like, yep, yeah, we just do implementation. And you pay them really well. And because like with, like, that would be, I mean, to me, that seems like the most interesting. Well, one of the, the biggest capture things here is like, you basically have an agency full of freelancers and they're just like, look, as soon as you can show me that you can do implementations like this, I'll I'll split the money with you 50-50. Like, we'll, I'll just leave the negotiation to me. And as long as you entice people to get those skills and then stay, then it's like, you can pick up work whenever you want. Um, I'll just keep bringing the work as long as you keep saying yes. I mean, I'm like, that is like the most oversimplified version of managing people I've ever heard. I can't believe I even said it. But... <laughs> Because I know how fucking hard it is to get and manage and, and do all of that stuff. But, I mean, if it's lucrative enough, maybe you can get people to stick around. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's the fact that you negotiated this monopoly mm-hmm. like that makes it enticing. Yes. Because otherwise they have to, you know, they otherwise they have to do all their own marketing. Yeah. Yeah, that becomes an asset. That Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
That's, that's, that's where I think the value is. And, and you could sell it. Like, I mean, unless, like you say, you've set up the whole infrastructure and it's all fully automated. And mm. Just re- requests come in and then they get dispatched to a freelancer and yeah. you just take a cut. Well, yeah, that that's a nice business. I want that business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or maybe this is a deal that you, um, if you can manage that, if you can get the, the asset, the contract, then you partner with a, another consulting company and you're like, great, I'm, I will run the projects or I'll do whatever. And you supply the talent and manage the talent. Like right. that can be, yeah. But I think that's, that's the hardest part is going to be finding these opportunities. Hmm. It's going to be, fi- you know, sourcing them, doing cold outreach, nur- <laughs> nurturing those leads. And yeah. Eventually getting them to, to sign you. Like that seems like a big decision, especially if you can ask for exclusivity. I'm guessing, like it's it's like a issue. one year one year contract. It's a good question. I, I think it's one of those things that you'd have to talk with. I think. Well, first of all, I think it depends on the company. First of all, if some companies only want market share, like I think about like you, for example, like you're sending work to this person who's going to do power importer work for you, um, but maybe, but like, you, but you're not asking for a cut of what he makes, or no. I or I don't know if he's paid you to to do this to to refer him, but like. For you, it's enough that you have a place to send people. Because I, I I heard this in a lecture once. People were saying like, oh yeah, sometimes with these referrals, like it depends on the deal between the two. And it's like some people are just totally happy to have a place to have their customers go when there's a problem that they can't solve. Other people yeah. are like, I know how lucrative this is and I want to be paid for it. And maybe they should be paid for it. I don't know. No, well, that's it. Like in my case, yeah, I'm just glad that someone can can help out right mm. delegating support to someone so I'm, i don't need a cut of it right but if it did become a lot right yeah or if it came to a point where i'm sending people his way and he can't even support them because like i'm sending too many people his way mm-hmm. so then i have to find a second person or a third person yep. then yeah then i think i would say whoa wait a second mm-hmm. this is <laughs> this is like a revenue stream i'd like a cut of this yeah and and you can try like you like it, it's interesting to this is what i don't know about these deals like it'd be it, like i wonder if i can find an example of someone who's done something like this before um who could talk about their experience to be like oh this happened and then the rug got pulled or it was good while it lasted and then the company went a different way and now yeah yeah that's yeah i mean that's that's why i was saying find these opportunities Mm. build the like the infrastructure and then flip it because yeah. it seems to be high risk mm. you can pass that risk on to somebody else like here i did i did the grunt work like now you can you can milk it for a year mm-hmm. or for who god knows how long yeah maybe even longer yeah but it's like acknowledging the risk like it prints money yeah but you're <laughs> it's the ultimate product risk yeah, so I don't know. I, I think it's uh I think there's interesting opportunities there and I think depending on the company, it's uh it's an opportunity for longer for some companies than it for, than it is for others, but yeah, it's kind of an I, 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 I just look at like Plotly, for example, and I'm like, Oh god, I wish I had realized the opportunity there several years ago because it's okay. just like I could have made a ton of money. Yeah, like it'd be it'd be cool to I mean, like, let's say, talk to someone that's been in the Webflow agency game since mm. day one. Like, what did it look like seven years ago? Totally. Did Webflow have certification and a directory mm. of experts? Or were you the pro- professional service for Webflow? Yeah. Vlad was like, oh, just, I don't know. Matt, you handle it. Right, exactly. And and why did Webflow choose to go that way? Why don't they have a professional services wing themselves? Seems like they're leaving right. money on the table. That's yeah, an interesting that, decision. To, to hear yeah. from their side, like, why didn't you choose to go professional services? But I, th- but I think you're right about the, it's what, what was their priority? Mm-hmm. And, you know, their venture back, so I think their priority was adoption. Like, yeah. We just need to get people to use it. Mm-hmm. So we don't, we don't want to make money with like actually setting it up for people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I still really believe Webflow is a web designer tool. Right. <laughs> so that doesn't necessarily align with. Well, it, it means you you need to have web designer agencies. Oh, right. So like, the, it's more like get get this whole ecosystem of agencies that are experts in Webflow, mm-hmm. and then they will keep promoting the tool to every yeah. new client that needs a 
web design agency. Mm, that's very interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's like going up market. It's all about adoption. It's all mm. So that, yeah, I mean, like, so there you go. Like, it's yet another uh, case or example of okay. Now, can you find a company that looks a little bit like that to try to figure out how uh, how can yeah. you insert yourself into into their process? But I don't think Webflow would ever would ever would have accepted that like a one professional service mm. like division that takes care of all this integration. Mm-hmm. I think they want a whole ecosystem web agencies that use Webflow and promote Webflow. Yeah, that that's probably fair. Like I, I'm sure from their mission, I, I don't know how their mission has changed, but if they are, if they've labeled themselves as a tool for designers since the beginning, then they're like, maybe it's been in their mandate forever that like, this is how we handle, like if the goal is to empower designers, then the here's a big list of all the designers that we've empowered. Right. Hmm. Could be. Yeah, it's it. I mean, I, I like the idea. Like, I, I think it's so cool that there, there's so many opportunities, you know, start a business online like this mm. for all different kinds of people. Yeah. Like, this is not compatible with me as a founder. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, I'm sure there's a bunch of people that it, this is exactly what they would like to do. It's their, it's their unfair advantage. Mm-hmm. You know, they love to, to hustle, to reach out to people, to find opportunities like this mm-hmm. and manage people. Yeah. It's, it's all the things I don't want to do. <laughs> I'll, I'll build the back end though. I'll, I'll yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think it's an, I, I agree with you. I think it's uh it's a, it's an interesting opportunity for the right person. Um, and yeah, figuring out how to find companies like this, that you can be a, a provider for, how can you scratch an itch for them, whether it's adoption or yeah, it's, there's, uh, there's a lot there or that there's, um, there's a lot there, but there's, it's a very, it's an interesting set of criteria. I think that's what I'm looking for. It's like, yeah, here's the, here's a very solid list of things that need to happen for something like this to be successful. And it doesn't feel out of reach. It's just like, if that's your kind of hustle, then sweet. I mean, it would be interesting to specialize in building these, right? Cause like, think of all the indie hackers that are developers. They can't, they can't think of a business idea and you could just be pumping these out like a factory, like. Here you go. I have I have a professional service business for Plotly. All you have to do is teach yourself Plotly, and you know, and then you can be off. You know, buy the business. Maybe even that's how you could find your developers. Like you find people that want a piece of a pie. Like, mm. like I've always been right. interested in that model of um, like co-ops, running co-ops. Right. And it's like yeah, you start a co-op and everybody gets in on the on the profit of this thing. Like, you know, like a lot of indie hackers, I have an addiction to buying domain names. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of them have never done anything with. Mm. But often I think like, what what if I at least like, you know, design a logo, a very simple website and just put it out there and at the bottom say, you know, this this uh, business template is, is for sale, right? Mm. If you wanted to buy a domain name that already has a logo that... Has already been on the web for a few years, mm. so everybody has a bit more domain authority, mm. and you could just buy the whole thing. Yeah, and you could have like this whole directory of them. These are all Mark's domains. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of things like that for. Um, I, I think maybe I saw something like that on Indie Hackers a while ago, where the person would go buy a domain and they would do. They would come up with branding, logos, like all sorts of things for that. Yeah, and you exactly. would, and the Twitter handle, Instagram handle, and they would sell it to you as a unit. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've often thought of doing that with the domains that I buy. Mm-hmm. Like, cause at least it's out there. You could already, already start working on backlinks to it. And, mm-hmm. and then if you ever eventually decide to do something with it, well, great. You have a bit more domain authority and mm-hmm. the domain has aged. Yeah. Uh, you could even warm up the domain for emails. Like, you know, there's so much you could do. Yeah. But you could do the same thing with this business idea. Mm. Just go and find these opportunities, set them up, and then find, you know, find a developer that can service it and offer them equity. Yeah. There you go. Like, this this could be yours. So I'm just going to keep a 30% stake in mm-hmm. And this is your business. Yeah. Because, yeah, the developer doesn't like 
doing any of this work <laughs> finding these opportunities right cold outreach yeah okay dealing. i'm seeing yeah i'm seeing more what you're saying yeah of just like yeah if the right developer comes along and they're like i just want to write code but i want to but you know i'm willing to really own the code part of it then it's like great like i'll bring you the work you you handle the whole thing but just cut me in a little bit and you can run the whole thing I, it's fine fine with me i'll keep right. a little bit of the equity and like I'm just keeping the equity because I did the hard part of finding this opportunity and setting it up. Mm-hmm. But but uh, you own the like you own the majority of the business. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's something people would buy into. If the listener thinks it's something <laughs> they'd buy into, <laughs> let us know. Yeah, there you go. Run with it. <laughs> or you could post it on the hackers. Ask mm-hmm. would anybody actually do that. Is there any developers that would buy a business like this? Yeah. Well, not even buy it. Like you could. Yeah, you could have some kind of structure where the more they work on it, the more equity they get. And eventually mm-hmm. they have, they have vested 70, 80% yeah. equity. Yeah. Cause I've heard of, I've heard of professionals doing this. Like uh, I've heard of it in the CPG industry of like, oh yeah, I want to sell something like this. And Matt is really good at, Matt sold a bunch of companies. He has a huge network in the CPG space. Uh, he's got relationships. He's got everything. And it's like, all right, I'm coming in. I'm going to set up a business. I'm going to partner with Matt. Matt plays a role for four months while he uses his network to help set the business up and then retains an ownership, retains some share of the company, but basically is a silent partner after that. Because it's yeah, like, exactly. yeah, what they bring is, is what they bring is their network. And after that, it's like, yeah, but like none, the, none of the business would have been possible without the network. But like, now there's nothing more for Matt to do, or that was Matt's obligation. So Matt's just a silent partner in the rest. Right. Yeah, and they could and they and they could buy in quotes the company like mm-hmm. with zero equity, like with, with zero capital. Basically, they start working, mm-hmm. start servicing customers. Right. And as they service them, like what they would have been paid is given to them as equity. Mm-hmm. I, you know? I I've seen that with things with companies that sell the company back to the employees. Yeah, I I've always thought that was an interesting model. I don't know much about like I don't know many stories of companies doing that. Like the one famous one I know of is Bose, the brewery. They got they the founders wanted to exit, but they sold the company to their employees. And I'd be interested to know. I mean, like I still see Bose beer on the shelf, so they can't be completely out of business. But like I'd be interested to know how companies like that function. And right. do they hire a CEO? Like what do they? How do they manage it? It's it's kind of an interesting question because it's almost a co-op at that point. Ex- right? Exactly, yeah. Well, I I assume, um, but yeah, like this would be. I could see this being very similar to that of just like, oh yeah, you hire somebody and the agreement is like, yeah, you get paid some amount maybe, but you're every year you're vesting up to a certain point and then like you're running the business. It's it's really yours. Yeah, exactly. Like at what point you will own seventy percent of the business yeah. and. Then it's your job to to hire developers to you know to service the clients, mm-hmm. and you're just a silent partner. Yeah, you just take. Yeah, it'd be pretty interesting to just like yeah, if you had a network of dependable developers that you could deal with something like that for, or even yeah, like I'm just thinking like oh, the the people who operate um, dev shops that sort of thing. It's like yeah, if you just don't want to be in the business of managing people, it's like I have a very valuable contract or a very valuable thing, and I bring it around and. I shop it to people who are interested in, in getting to a business like this. And yeah, and you double down on the skill of being like, I help perfect, I help com- new, new technology, new software companies with their professional services, turnkey professional services. And yeah, you don't have to think about a thing. That's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, if, if you had an unfair advantage that got you access to those companies or a track record or something like that, that could be, I bet you could make a, a killing. Yeah, I'd be really interested talking to developers like, is that something? Because I, I, it just seems like when you're on Nitty Hackers, you see so many developers that want to start a side business. Yeah, they have no ideas, or they end up just you know make making another to do app, mm-hmm. and it, it never it never launches or it launches to crickets. Yeah, and here's like there, get you can hit the ground running. Here's here's a framework of a business. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is do development for them. Yeah, and eventually you you replace yourself with employees and you just keep a cut of the revenue and mm-hmm. you have a business yeah yeah as long as you're good with service starting a service business then you're you're set 
And usually other opportunities show up when you're running this kind of business. Well, exactly, right? Like that's the, yeah, like, oh yeah, I ran an agency for four years and it turns out actually that there's all these problems around this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, sure, you're servicing Plotly, but all of a sudden they say, yeah, but we need to also integrate with this. Mm -hmm. Can you guys do that? Totally. Cool. So yeah, feel free to run with it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it's something that I'm going to do, but maybe one day if the right opportunity past my plate but it's not something i'm looking into no cool yeah that's basically all i i have what about you yeah no that's uh, i think that's a wrap okay sounds good all right show notes are available at start something.com if you like the show give it a rate and review in your favorite podcast player it super helps people find the show so thanks a lot for listening and we'll catch you next week see you next week bye